0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. John
1: chapter 16, I'm going to encourage you to get your pen And get your pad and get your heart. You're definitely going to need and want to take some notes this morning. Uh, For those of you that are visiting, we are going through um, a series of studies on the Holy Spirit. Uh, We are a verse-by-verse teaching church, so for us to be doing something of a topical series is uh, really different for us, kind of exciting. Uh, Who's excited about the Holy Spirit? Put your pen down, clap your hands. Put your pen down, put your pen down. Amen. So this is a big thing for us to be going through scripture like this. Uh, We verse by verse all the time, but we are excited about this teaching on the Holy Spirit. Talking about the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned last week, is probably the capital T-H-E-E underscore bold, the most important, controversial, misunderstood subject in all the Bible. It's so controversial that entire churches have split over it. If you were with me last week, we talked about a bit of this. Entire churches have split over it and denominations have begun over their understanding. Give me your attention. Over their understanding of the Holy Spirit. Uh, At the same time, listen, there's no subject more important than that of the Holy Spirit. Because unless you properly, listen to me, saints, unless you properly understand the Holy Spirit, a large portion of the New Testament will make no sense to you. Conversely, if you have a proper understanding of the Holy Spirit, then there'll be clarity and clearness and consistency to the rest of the Bible. Now, I mentioned last week that the subject of the Holy Spirit did not come or become controversial until after the Reformation movement about... um, Uh, 1500s to the 1800s, the Reformation movement. Uh, Before the Reformation movement, nobody had a problem with the understanding the work of the Holy Spirit. Before the Reformation movement, nobody had a problem understanding the deity of Jesus Christ. Are you listening? Before the Reformation movement, nobody had a problem understanding and believing in the virgin birth, the bodily resurrection of Jesus, the doctrine of the Trinity, Before the resurrection, nobody had a problem with the fundamental teachings of the church. It wasn't until the early 1900s that people started getting weird and they began to try to find a better theological holy word for weird, but I couldn't find one. So it's weird, okay? People didn't start getting weird until concerning the Holy Spirit, until, you know, the early 1900s and churches and people started attributing weird behavior to the Holy Spirit and then weird movements began to pop up and people began to flock to them. I think of um, the Azusa Street Revival. Uh, If you know your church history, you know the Azusa Street Revival, 1906 with uh, Evangelist William Seymour. Um, Fast forward, fast really forward, uh, 1990s. uh, Perhaps you know the name Rodney Howard Brown. Uh, Do you know that name? Rodney Howard Brown, no relation. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown. Um, Brownsville Revival, you know that name, that title? Brownsville Revival. Um, In the 90s, I wish I was making this stuff up, but I'm not. In the 90s, There was a guy by the name of Rodney Howard Brown who told people to come up to the bar of the Holy Spirit and take a drink, take two, and get drunk in the spirit. And in these revivals, he said, and it was a big news. I'm surprised not many more people know about it. It was the big news that people were flocking to Brownsville, Florida to see what was going on, because there was a move of God going on in Brownsville, Florida, and that that the Holy Spirit was moving and people were coming by the thousands from literally all over, even might even say the world, to see what was happening in the name of the Spirit. And everything were from, you know, Holy Ghost drunkness to laughing in the Spirit, to barking in the Spirit, to growling in the Spirit, clucking in the Spirit, chanting in the Spirit, gold dust descending from the sky and filling people's teeth in the Spirit— All of this, and of course, slain in the spirit, all of this was happening in the name of the spirit. And what was reported was that there was a revival of the presence of God. Can I tell you something? That was not a revival. First of all, let's understand something. You got your pen? The word revive, write it down, means something is dead and needs to be brought back to life. Something is dead and needs to be brought back to life. Now, if you look throughout history, there have been many great revivals. I think of uh, Pentecost with Peter and Paul. Uh, That was a true revival in Acts chapter 2. The Reformation period with Martin Luther and Calvin and Swingley. Uh, That was a true revival. Uh, The first and second great awakening with Wesley and Edwards and Charles Finney. The baby boomers with Chuck Smith out in California. Um, listen to this. I think of the very first revival was in Nehemiah chapter 8. Don't you remember in Nehemiah chapter 8, Nehemiah stood and called the people back to the word of God? You see, a true revival and the signature of a true revival and a true move of God is not speaking in tongues. is not uh, signs and wonders, wonders and miracles. It's not chanting in the spirit and clucking in the spirit and Holy Ghost drunkness. The sign of a true revival is genuine repentance and brokenness before God. I think four people know I'm right. All right, there you go. It's genuineness and repentance and brokenness before God. And that begins and ends with the Christian, not with the world. True revivals begin with Christians. And let me just say, can I just say, and maybe I can get a witness here. We need a revival in our country, and we need it now. We need it now because there's a famine in the land. A famine of what? A famine of the word of God. It's sad but true. The word of God is dead in most churches in America, and we need a revival because like in Nehemiah, the walls are torn down. The torn down walls are people's lives today. Drug addiction and teenage pregnancy, abortion, divorce, In the church is as high as it is in the secular world cancer and sickness and Christians walking in the flesh. Listen, if you don't teach the Bible and you don't teach the place of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers, there will be no understanding and people will be doing all kinds of things in the name of the Spirit. Uh, Am I right about it? All kinds of things in the name of the Spirit. Let's get to it. John chapter 16, saints. We continue our study, life in the Spirit. Oh, so much to say. Lord, help me. John chapter 16, we look at verse 5. Saints, John 16, verse 5. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. But now I go away, Jesus says, to him who sent me. And none of you ask me where you are going. But because I said Jesus is talking to the disciples, because I said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage. Now, y'all watch this. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away What saints, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, now listen, I want you to circle the word he, him, or his every time you see it. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, keep up with me, y'all, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. for he will not speak of his own, of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it unto you. Listen, I want to share one other scripture verse with you. Back up with me to chapter 14. Come with me to chapter 14. Chapter 14, look at verse 15. If you're looking at verse 15, say, I'm looking at it. If you love me, Jesus said, do what, saints? Keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever the Spirit of Truth. That's His name, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I've titled this sermon, The Person of the Holy Spirit. Let me have your attention, if you will. Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room. And Jesus is surprised that he just told them that he's going back to the Father and none of them ask him where you're going. Instead, they allow sorrow to fill their heart and they're only thinking about what this means to them or how he was, his going away will affect them. And Jesus said, because I said this, sorrow has filled your heart. Now go back to chapter 16 and look at verse 7. Nevertheless, in verse 7, Jesus says, I'm telling you the truth. It's for your benefit that I go away. And if I don't go, the helper won't come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus says, I'm leaving, but help is on the way. The Holy Spirit. Who's glad about that? And when he comes... huh? And when he comes, first things first, he's going to convict the world of sin because they don't believe in Jesus. Convict the world of righteousness because I go to the Father. Convict the world of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. We're going to talk more about these uh, in the coming weeks. You got your pen? The word spirit, listen, this is Christianity 101. You got to get this. The word spirit in the Hebrew language is ruach, ruach, R-U-A-C-H. Ruach, and it means breath, wind, spirit. The Greek word for spirit is pneuma, pneuma, P-U or P-N-U-E-M-A. I think that's right. P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. And we have the word pneumatic. We have the word pneumonia. Uh, that word also means breath, wind, Air or spirit. Now you might remember post-resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples and he showed them the nail-scarred hands and his pierced side. Matter of fact, go with me, John chapter twenty. Come on, y'all, y'all, y'all with me. John chapter twenty. Going to learn something today. John chapter twenty. Uh, look at this. Uh, let's pick up uh, and look, look. Look, John twenty twenty. John twenty twenty. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw that it was Lord so, the Lord so Jesus said to them, "Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you." And when he had said this, he did what saints breathed on them and said to them, "What he say, receive the Holy Spirit." Now listen, from that moment on the disciples were filled and sealed With the Holy Spirit. When a person is saved, listen to me close. When a person is saved, he becomes a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. When a person is saved, the Bible says that God puts the Holy Spirit in them. Not only does he put the Spirit in them, but he also seals that. So now the Holy Spirit, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter one, verse 13 and 14. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, y'all with me? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Ephesians tells us the Holy Spirit is given as a down payment The Holy Spirit is given to us as or placed in us and is a guarantee to us that God the Father is going to come back and redeem us. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit, I always think, every time I read this verse, I always think of like layaway. Y'all remember layaway back in the day? Now now you're going to show your age, all right? Be truthful, you in church, don't lie, all right? You remember layaway, raise your hand. Okay, remember layaway. I remember layaway. Now, my mom was a single mother. She worked hard trying to, you know, take care of us and stuff, but she didn't have money to buy us clothes all the time. But in those days, I'm 54 years old, so in those days, um, you could put clothes on layaway, so you, would, you could go out and, you know, purchase $300 worth of clothes and put them on layaway and put down $10, $20. And every week, y'all know what I'm talking about? Every week you could come put $10, $10, $10 until you got it paid off. Or you could come at any time and just pay it off and, and, and take it with you. So you put it on layaway. Uh, I remember um, back in those days, Sears was a store. Sears was like Bloomingdale's when I was, and Macy's when I was coming up. You know, when you, man, if you shopped at Sears, you were shopping at, that was high class. Where my people at? Y'all know I'm, y'all acting like y'all from the, y'all better. Don't make me. <laughs> you at Sears was like, oh man, if you got stuff from Sears, you were like, oh, that in a bag of chips. I mean, man, Sears, y'all shopped at Sears and man, we, y'all got good animals. Y'all remember go Animals? Remember girl Animals? I love me some girl, And it made it easy shopping for the parents because, you know, go Animals, you're just as easy to match up. You just get, you know, like the, you know, a pair of elephant, you know, the elephant label pants and get an elephant shirt and that matches together. And they were, you know, or the monkey pants and the monkey shirt and it matches together. Remember the girl Animals? I love the Grow Animals. And, you know, I always wanted to wear, like, the monkey pants and the elephant shirt together. I always wanted to switch it up. I had my own style. (laughs) My mother was trying to force me into that style. I'm like, no, I don't like that. It looks better like this. So you can put things on layaway. And I always think of that when I read this verse that the Holy Spirit is it's like God has placed the Holy Spirit in us like a layaway almost to tell us the spirit of God is in you. And someday I'm going to come and get my stuff. And you, Christian, is his stuff. We belong to him and he's coming to get us someday. Are you glad about it? Where are my people at? He's coming to get us someday and, and, and we need to be ready. He's coming to get a bride without spot or without blemish. And we need to be ready. The Holy Spirit is a seal of ownership. Not only are you a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, but watch this. You belong to God and you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 19 through 21. Or do you not know that your body is the Holy Spirit, is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Saints, you are not your own. You don't have no rights. You've been bought with a price. Somebody say amen. You've been bought with a price. You're not your own. You belong to God. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Write this down. Chosen by the Father. Redeemed by the Son. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. Chosen by the Father. Redeemed by the Son and sealed by the Holy Spirit. I'll talk to you more about that and what it means to be sealed because that's a topic in of itself as we continue through this study, uh, life in the Spirit. So much to say uh, will be months, a couple of four or five months-ish. That, that's my disclaimer-ish. That means it could be a year. Two ish. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. I realize that it's hard to picture the Holy Spirit as a person. It's easier to see God the Father as a person because we've all seen a father. It's easier to see God the Son as a person because Jesus became a man. But when you try to understand the Holy Spirit, it's difficult because he is intangible. Yet the Bible is clear. The Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and God the Son, and they together form the Trinity. Now, the word Trinity, if you're taking notes, is a technical name. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. And there are some people who say, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, and that's why I don't believe in the Trinity. Well, then you say to them, well, the word Bible is not in the Bible, but you believe in the Bible. Y'all didn't hear me. The word Bible is not in the Bible, but you believe in the Bible, don't you? The word rapture is not in the Bible, and yet... We are going home someday, the Bible says, and the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with him. The rapture of the church, that word rapture means to be snatched out. That word rapture is not in the Bible, but the idea is. The word Trinity is not in the Bible, but it is a technical name given to the teaching that says that there is one God, but this one God exists in three persons. God, the father, God, the son, saints, y'all come on, help me, and God, the Holy Spirit. They are distinct. The father is not Jesus. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the father. They are distinct and yet one. And there's no bitterness or jealousy among the triune God. Listen, when you get home today, I want you to go to the website. Go to our website. And Last Monday after I taught, uh, I had so much to say that I wasn't able to say uh, that I just did a blog and posted it on our website. So if you go to our website on the homepage, um, if you have not already seen it, I did a blog. I want you to take the time to read it. I think uh, it's important in our understanding about the Holy Spirit. And I was explaining in that blog that there is no bitterness or jealousy among the triune God. The father, listen, never considers himself better than the son or the spirit, even though the father has authority over both the son and the spirit. As a matter of fact, the Father wants Jesus to have the spotlight and receive the glory. John John chapter 16, verse 14, we just read it. The Spirit will glorify the Son. So the job of the Holy Spirit, look at me, please. The job of the Holy Spirit is to point you to Jesus. The job of the Holy Spirit is never to cause you to look at the Holy Spirit and worship him. The work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to cause you to worship Jesus, is to cause you to point you to Jesus. Nowhere will you see in the scriptures does the Holy Spirit take any glory for himself. He always points you to Jesus. He always, you know, we went to church for many, many years. And I, 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 I come from, many of you know, I come from Kojic or Church of God in Christ, Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where my Koji people at, all right? Two people, y'all. Where my Kojic people are at? They, okay, fine. Okay, good. And, and 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 I got saved there. Don't get me wrong. I have I've got nothing bad to say about Kojic, the Church of God in Christ. I got saved in that church. God used that man of God to give an altar call, and I came down that aisle on January twenty third, nineteen eighty two, at seven thirty p.m. in the Church of God, and, uh, uh, Friendly Church of God in Christ, and and gave my life to Jesus that night, and I have never been the same. That was 32 years ago, and I have never been the same. And you are looking at somebody that that grew up on drugs. I started doing drugs when I was nine years old. My father was a drug dealer. I know y'all heard this before, but it ain't going to hurt you to hear it again. (laughs) Amen. My father was a drug dealer, and my mom was a single parent and doing the best she can. My mom worked in a freezer for 30 years, packing hot dogs, ballpark franks, you plump when you cook them, and our boss was nice because we didn't have much money, and you know a lot of times we had mayonnaise and bread, and that's all we had, and hot dogs. Because our boss was nice to her, and if we didn't have much, our boss would let her take a case of hot dogs home, and uh, so we always had hot dogs. God knows we had hot dogs. <laughs> God knows. Let me tell y'all something. To this day, those of y'all that know me. You have never, nor will you ever, see me eat a hot dog. Now I know you in the health food, Pastor Rodney, and they got vegan dogs. I don't care if they got dog in it; I'm not eating it.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.